So the Jays will open a three-game series against the Seattle Mariners tonight. At the Rogers Center, first pitch is at 7.07 on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet. The uh, Mariners, they're coming off their first road series win of the year, handing the New York Mets their first series loss of the year. Uh, if you're the Blue Jays right now, you're just getting the team that came into town after beating the Mets in a series. It's that time of the year where you've got to start playing better. You're the Jays. The uh, Mariners are the second of the second youngest group of position players in the majors. This is a really intriguing team. Robbie Ray will not be pitching in this series. He pitched Sunday. No clue as to whether or not he's a con- he will ac- accompany the team to Toronto. We know that the Mariners are one of the teams that did not have 100 percent their players vaccinated. And you know, there's when Robbie Ray didn't sign here, one of the Things you heard was that one of the reasons were the vaccine laws. I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll know. We'll know today whether or not Robbie Ray is in the clubhouse. But um, all that said, this is a this is a really good young team. They really good lineup. Matt Brash from Kingston, Ontario, will not be with the team. We had Matt on our show earlier in the season. He has been sent down to the minor leagues. He is going to rejoin the team at some point as a reliever, even though ultimately the Jays or the Mariners view him as being a starting pitcher. And as I said, I think there might be some similarities between him and Matt Pearson or Nate Pearson in that regard. Uh, Brett Boone is host of the Brett Boone podcast. He is a 14-year major league player, of course, a member of the 2001 Seattle Mariners. And we're very pleased that Brett Boone joins us on Blair and Barker. Brett, thank you so much for doing this. We... We trust that you're you're doing well. Look, this is, I mean, we talked about the Mariners going into the year. They were, you know, a lot of people were looking at them as a team that could really make hay in the division, a team that could certainly be a playoff team, a team that, you know, in some pe- people's minds might have been a bit of a, might have been a bit of a dark horse. There's certainly a ton of talent in the team, a ton of talent in the organization. Where do you think the Mariners are right now in terms of their path to developing into that team that is consistently in the running for a playoff spot? Well, as you guys know, uh, I think they're the longest-running franchise without a playoff berth. I think it's been 20 years or 21 years. Um, I look at this team a year ago. They won 90 games. For the record, I didn't think they were a 90-win team. That doesn't mean you can't win 90 games. You catch lightning in a bottle. I think they did that late in the 2021 season and had a great year, just missed the playoffs. Going into this season, fast forward to this season, they did some some work in the offseason. They're flat out a better team this year than they were a year ago. Not playing like it, but they're a better team. Across the board, and, and you know, we like to say on paper. Yes, on paper, there's no question. You've got, you've got a young kid who I think is going to be a superstar in Rodriguez, the center fielder. He's going to be fun to watch going forward. Uh, big time power steals bases. Only guy on the Mariners that steals bases. You got Winker, who came over from the Cincinnati Reds. Suarez, who came over from the Cincinnati Reds. Probably going to be a low average guy. Big power. You're going to get some home runs out of him. Crawford, the shortstop's turning into a star. Kind of a young uh, Jimmy Rollins when I watch him. Frazier at second base adds some stability. Uh, doesn't strike out a lot. Puts the ball in play. That's something they haven't had. France, uh, the first baseman. 
I like to look at him. He's kind of the Justin Turner of the Seattle Mariners. And they just, they're just they just better top to bottom. The young kid, Kellenic, he's been having a lot of problems. You know, I've been there, done that. He's, he's only 21 or 22 years old. He's back in the minor leagues. And an interesting guy you guys mentioned at the top was this brash kid. I really like him. I really like his future. He's got a real, what we used to call a quick arm. Kind of, you know, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but kind of a Brett Saberhagen type. He goes from here to there faster than anybody gets a lot of swing and miss. They're sending him to the minor leagues to to work in the bullpen. I think he could be an asset, and I think they're planning on him in the short term coming up and maybe helping these Mariners this year if they get it turned around or in a playoff position. Uh, their their main guy, who, who's been their power guy the last two or three years, uh, Mitch Haniger. Uh, he's he you know he's got injured again. He he missed with the he was on the COVID IL, came back, sprained his ankle. He's going to be out till July. That's a big uh, for me. That's a big. Uh, Void in their lineup right now. Um, you miss, as you guys said, you miss Robbie Ray in this series against the Blue Jays. He's kind of a bulldog at the top of that rotation. I think he's good for that young pitching staff. He, he leads by example. And you're, I think you're going to get to see Gilbert tonight. Really a talent. You know, over the top, herky-jerky, uh, real funky. His delivery, really good break and stuff. Flexing Gonzalez and Kirby. Kirby's another young player. He's had two outings, got a .9 ERA. He's looking good so far. I look at this team overall, and I said it at the beginning of the season, I still think Houston's the team to beat. You still got to knock them off. I still don't think the Mariners have done that. But in the big scheme, when I look at the big teams in the game, the Dodgers, the Giants, the, the Yankees, Tampa Bay, Toronto, who I think you guys are going to play better than you're playing right now, I don't see that the Mariners stack up with those teams pound for pound when it gets to the postseason. Still holding out hope. I still think they're going to be a playoff uh, team this year. But I don't see them going far. But you got to take one step at a time. It's early. We know that. Who knows what could happen by the trade deadline. People being healthy, playing well. Who knows? But I don't see this team right now is, is matching up well with the big boys in the game. You mentioned uh, Jesse Winker, and, and he's sort of the one guy, you know, you think of coming from the Reds, can hit good pitching. Uh, we talk about that in Blue Jay land all the time. You need balance in your lineup. That, that would be the one guy for me. He's, he's had a little uh, you know, slow start, I guess. Is that hard coming over for, you know, had a good season in a different league, coming to a new league, your ex- expectations are there. Have you seen anything different from him that – sort of throws up some alarms that maybe he's needs to make some changes. I, I don't think so. I think Winker's coming on right now. He's starting it. He, he's been hitting the ball. Okay. All year. He's, he's hit into some bad luck. And I've been talking to the guys in Seattle uh, who I talked to on a weekly basis. I said, listen, just hold out on this guy. He's off to a slow start, but Winker's going to be one of the main guys in that lineup. And I think you hit it on the head when you said he gives you a professional at that. He does. He hit 300 a year ago. He's a real deal. He's a pro. Him and Frazier, I think, add a real balance to that lineup, as can give you a professional at that. And then you've got the, the, the all-star type players around them. Uh, I think it's a really good lineup. I really do. Like I said, from a year ago, 90 wins, I didn't think they were a 90-win team. I think they're a better team now. The record doesn't reflect it, but there's a long way to go. Yeah, I hate to say this, but about, about the baseballs, you know, there's been conversation about the mushy baseballs. The, you know, that's why they're throwing Without more. Without a doubt. Yeah, they're throwing more breaking balls. Have you noticed that ball's not going as far? As far There's a little bit of that with the Blue Jays lineup when it comes to you get a ball you think you should uh, 
got. And it should have went out, and it did. And that adds a little bit more pressure to your next at bat. Have you seen any of that with Seattle? I'm not necessarily with Seattle. I'm seeing it across the board. It's mm-hmm. a psych- it's a psychological thing. You know, I, I played for a long time, and this is nothing out of the ordinary. You know, now it's everything is, uh, you know, we have all our information. We can see any at bat anywhere in 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 uh, across major league baseball at any time with our smartphones and all that. So it's much, it's much more in the forefront, but this is something that is not uh, new to the game. I mean, we've gone into seasons and the guys that really know it are the players. We sit there and we hit the balls in batting practice. We know some years they're not flying like they were last year or two years ago. So they do uh, manipulate the ball. Maybe they don't come out and admit that they do it, but they definitely do. I've had some years where the ball's just not going. And and that's going to result in probably whatever type of home run hitter you are. If you're a 15 to 20 guy, well, maybe this year you're going to hit 13 or 14. That's just the way it is. It's been that way since the beginning of time. It'll continue to be. Who knows when they'll switch those balls out. A couple of years ago, uh, you couldn't keep the ball in the ballpark. So I, I guess they made an executive decision <laughs> of, at the top that, hey, we're going to have less home runs this year. You know, uh, it's just the way it is, and it's always been that way. It's just today, 2022, with everything we have access to, it's more on the front burner. You know, it's interesting hearing you say that because one of the things we're seeing with the Blue Jays, Brett, is right now, I mean, they're, they're, they're abysmal with runners in scoring position. I mean, they're far and away the worst team in, in baseball in, in terms of batting average with runners in scoring position. We've seen, <clears throat> we've seen a lot of instances in the past couple of weeks where guys have hit the ball pretty hard and the ball's died and all that, and you get this sense of frustration going. How does, fr- from your experience, when you're on a team where you have, I'm not going to call it a team-wide slump, but I, I mean, I guess, yeah, this is a team-wide slump, especially with runners in scoring position. Why not call it what it is? How do you get out of that? Does it take one guy to do it? Does, uh, you know, how, how do you go about breaking out of that 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 type of a situation well it's something i mean look at this blue jay team they're a talented talented team a young team uh gaining experience every year you've got all-star type players you know vladdy and bichette and and springer they brought chapman over from uh from the oakland ball club guriel a year ago is the batting champ these guys are players they're proven they're gonna be there they're just going through a low right now i look at you guys right now you're in a tough division. The Yankees have gone crazy out of the box. I had Toronto actually to win that division, but the Yankees are are unconscious right now. I know it's my my brother's team, and and part of me kind of pulls for them all the time, obviously. But I didn't expect this of the Yankees out of the top. So Toronto, and, and as dismal as they've been with runners in scoring position, they're sitting here right now at 18 and 16. Most teams that that are playing the way Toronto's playing right now are 12 and 18. So the fact that they're 18-16 and not playing well says something about their ball club. The pitching is going to be better. I was looking, uh, doing a little prep work for you guys on the on the Blue Jays because I bounce around a lot. I, I love the fact that, that you brought Gosman over from, uh, I'm a big fan of his from the Giants, and, and he's living up to his bill. Manoa's been great for you guys. The guys, the key to that rotation and, and it's got to be better. Berrios has got to be the Berrios we expect, that Cy Young candidate. He hasn't been thus far. And Ryu, who's been your opening day starter for quite a few years there in Toronto, he needs to pitch the way he can pitch. The, the bullpen's been okay. Overall, I think they've under you know they've underperformed for their talent level the Toronto Blue Jays have. Couple that with the unbelievable start of the Yankees. It doesn't look as uh, – it's not as – 
it's not as off as it possibly could. Like I said, 18 and 16, not playing. Uh, I'm sure those guys in that locker room right now feel like they're playing horribly, and they're above 500. I think that's a positive thing going forward for the Blue Jays. They're going to catch their stride, and they're going to be a good team, and they're going to be a contender. That's a playoff team, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you mentioned the Yankees, your brother, Aaron Boone. They are, I, I mean, look, we've, we've we've been talking about this now for a couple of weeks with this team. They're, you're starting to get the sense that this might be one of those Yankees seasons, you know, that we used to see in the 90s. Um, what do you think? Is, is it just simply the, is it just simply the fact that it appears as if they've by hook or by crook they've they've settled on almost the perfect bullpen for this day and age they're getting good starting pitching and of course they've got some guys who can who can hit the ball are you getting the sense that this might be one of those yankees teams brett that you know we're going to look up at the all-star break and go all right fight for second place is on well i think you you look at the yankees obviously top to bottom arguably the best bullpen in the game great starting pitching nestor cortez in that starting rotation has been a a godsend for the yankees he's he's the he'd start the all-star game right now Hmm. if the voting was in uh cole at the top severino montgomery who's really really a good lefty in the middle of that rotation tyon's off to a great start the kid they brought over from pittsburgh a couple years ago the two things that I don't think people are talking about with the Yankees, yes, they're talented. Obviously, you've got the Judges and the D.J. LeMayhews and the Stantons all off to great starts. Rizzo was a big power surge for him early in the season. The thing that people aren't talking about that I think is the most important thing is the switch at the catching position from a defensive standpoint. I can't emphasize how important that is for a pitching staff, especially a talented pitching staff like the Yankees, their mindset coming to the ballpark every day, knowing what they're getting behind the plate defensively. That makes the entire difference. We talk about it all the time. You can have all the talent you want in the world. Who's the most important person on, on any given day, that starting pitcher. And the fact that Cole, uh, goes to the ballpark knowing what he's getting. All these guys, the bullpen, they know what they're getting. They don't have to worry about it. They're on. They're in sync with their catchers. I think that's been the biggest thing. Couple that with the fact that these guys, for the first time, and I've been watching this, these guys pretty closely the last three or four years, for the first time, top to bottom, everybody's healthy on that team. Yeah. And that's been something the Yankees have really had a tough time with, you know, for the last three or four years. Okay, Brett, be honest with me. When your brother gets thrown out, uh, he, <laughs> he says some things that, you know, special. The, the savage comment was, was pretty awesome. You know, he, he's got, he's got, he, he's, uh, he's very animated when he gets thrown out. Does he practice that? Does he talk to you about the next time I'm going to get thrown out? I'm going to say this to that guy. Cause he's pretty good at it. I'll tell you what, you're feeding the beast. I'm sure at this point he is. He's like, what's my next catchphrase going to be when I go out there? Now, Aaron's, Aaron's always had a knack for that. You know, he's always been an entertaining guy. I remember as a kid walking around and, you know, I'd let him tag along. He was he was four years younger than me. He'd hang out with our friends and he'd be the guy, you know, we'd be playing a, a, a flag football game. He was a little small at the time to hang with my friends. So he'd sit on the sidelines and, and – uh, He'd do the play-by-play for our flag football game. And my buddies would look at him and just laugh and laugh because of the lines he'd come up with. That's the reason Aaron got to tag along and hang out with the older kids. Uh, he's been like that since he was a little kid. and He's just kind of got a knack for, for saying something funny because he's such a, if you know Aaron, he's such a, a straight arrow kid. And, uh, you know, he's that he's that kid that goes to school and he's, he's the prom king and he's the uh, – 
He's he's head of the math club, and he's just a good guy. He gives a guy a ride when they need a ride, and and some of the lines he comes up with, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Brett, listen, we're going to let you scoot. Really appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much, man. Thank Great you. to talk to you. Hi, right, guys. Take Thanks care. for having me on. You got it. The Brett Boone Podcast, hosted by Brett Boone. He's a 14-year MLB player. Uh, and, of course, the long baseball family, man. Family line. I have to be honest with you. First time I met Aaron, I, I was actually with Jeff Jenkins in, in spring training. And off-season, because mm-hmm. I lived in Arizona, I, I would take batting practice with him and Aaron and, and a couple other guys that would live in Arizona. I was a little intimidated because of his last name. i got to be honest with you. Now, that I got over that. It's a big baseball family. I, yeah. Absolutely, they are. And, and you know, just by where they were and who, who his dad was and or is and, yeah. you know, just, just by the name, the, the clout that the Boone name carries. And I was taking batting practice with, with those guys. It's kind of cool. It was sort of one of those aha moments that you sort of made it and – you know, I got to actually do those kind of things. He, he's a, he was a good dude. He was. He's a very good he dude. Was. He was. He's very down to earth. He, you know, you would never know his last name was Boone, which is kind of cool. He was just one of the guys. He'd have a good time. And he's a decent hitter, too. I remember that. He was, when I when I played against him in the minor leagues, he wasn't a very good hitter. He he struggled a lot. Like, he was, he was trying to find his way, and then something clicked when he got to the big leagues. But he's always been, he's always been witty. I do remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, there was a reason he was he was so good as a broadcaster too. Yep. Um, I mean, he and Dan Schulman were a were a terrific team. And uh, yeah, look, it's um, I mean, he took a lot of. It's interesting. He did. He didn't get. I don't think he got as much criticism. Mm, I was going to say he didn't didn't get as much criticism as Joe Girardi did in his final days in New York. But I think maybe you know. Brett kind of referred to this when guys are hurt all the time and when they're name guys who are hurt, Giancarlo Stanton's hurt. And that's it's a pretty significant gap in your lineup. And sometimes I think, I think baseball, I think baseball fans have finally figured out that, and I'll include certain I'll include people in the media as well because I just don't want to say fans. I think people in general have finally figured out that it's not like it used to be where the manager bears responsibility for almost everything that goes on with the team. You know, in the past, a team would be failing and your initial reaction would be fire the manager, right? Um, and they always used to have this thing, right? You know, a general manager comes in, the first manager firing, if he inherits a manager, that doesn't count against his ledger. It counts. I mean, there was all this stuff, but I think now people realize that the game is so, uh, there's such, it's, it's almost like a committee setting that you have to, you have to kind of hold fire with the manager sometimes because deep down, you know, that there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And and maybe the manager, what you're seeing on the field isn't directly related to something the manager's doing. Like maybe you change the voice, but you still got the same people in the background making the same decisions. Oh, not this year. If they don't make the playoffs after this, the I'm start not, they've I'm gotten not, off I'm, to. I'm not talking and about. The way Judge Stanton and Rizzo are hitting and no, the best I'm, I'm not, in baseball. I'm, I'm, talking in, I'm, I'm talking in a general sense, though. I think mm. I think in previous years, the heat would have been on Boone more last year than it was. I think people give managers a little longer leash now because they they realize that it's there's so much going on 
You know, there are still people out there, I'm sure, who, and I admit, I don't know what happens once the Jays game starts. Like, uh, you know, the bullpen moves. I'm sure, sure they're Charlie's moves, but what information is he getting? When is he getting it? Where's it coming from? Who's he listening to? Who's the last voice he hears? I don't know, because there's so many people involved in decision-making processes around the team. That's why I think people view managers, and, and I think they should, they view managers a little differently now, is maybe you don't give them as much credit as we used to, which is a good thing, and I don't think you give them as much blame as we used to, which is an even better thing. It's New York. They've gotten off to a really good start. Uh, the the two unicorns, the Judge and Stanton are unicorns. We we, we talk about Otani being a unicorn. There's not too many six seven six eight guys can do the things that those two human beings do consistently to baseballs, and that they're doing now. What do they have? Twenty two homers combined. They have fifty eight RBIs combined. They're doing special things there. And if one of those two guys, if not both, can stay healthy most of the season. And you add Rizzo to the mix, who's got 23 stakes too, which is not too bad. You had that bullpen. You got that starting rotation. Now you got Nestor Cortez doing his thing. Like they, it's 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 now about maintaining what you got. And and isn't it? If it starts to go south, they're going to blame somebody. And, and it's going to be Aaron Boone. Isn't it? Oh, I think maybe Brian Cashman gets the blame too in this case. But isn't it kind of interesting too that that when you asked or when I asked Brett about about Aaron and about the Yankees, he pointed to the catching. And we talked about this a lot with the Yankees. This isn't to take away from Gary Sanchez, but I just think that for what the Yankees are about, getting those two steady hands behind the plate, Trevino and Higashioka, there's no drama with them. You know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, Trevino's Trevino's interview yesterday after after the Nestor Cortez game. There's just, there's no drama with these guys. They're not going to hit a ton. But you know what? They're going to do a good job catching. They're there for the pitchers. They're, and they can do this on the Yankees because of the offense. Their job is to get the pitchers through nine innings. And I, that to me is such a huge difference in this team. The way the game is played, all of it, I think, gets back to the fact that there's, you're not anticipating a wild pitch. You're not anticipating a pass ball. But, but Boone doesn't have to answer the question after the game either. But it's helped that the big boys, the that's superstars a, in their lineup, yeah. are, are hitting. Of course it because is. If, course because it if they weren't hitting, and now you have two catches that aren't, aren't hitting their weight. But, but you know as well as I do that in, in New York, you've got to limit the drama. There's drama that comes with everything in that city. Not performing. You've got to so. limit you got to limit they're, they're performing. They're doing their jobs. The guys that are supposed to be doing their jobs are doing them at the highest level. And then you add Nestor Cortez to the mix, who is, you know, maybe the best pitcher right now in the American League. At least he's up there with the sure Berlanders of the world. Sure and yeah, yeah, and yeah, Kevin Gosman's of the world. So he's right there doing his thing. So that's I, they couldn't have expected him to do that beginning of the season and you had the offense and you had the no-brainers to the bullpen that's the, i could i could close my eyes and pick one of those guys out of the bullpen and i'm not there every day how hard is it like uh, who, who's available yeah it's not about matchups it's about who's available and that's a good that's a good little easy thing for boone if you get some decent starts from decent guys in their rotation well, look, at it, look at it this way if he the can arms get, you can go to in the bullpen sure if he can get Crazy. if he can get a minimum of of five innings out of, I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Cole. You know what you're going to get out of Severino eventually. If he can get a minimum five innings out of his other guys, he's got Michael King, who can give you two innings, fall out of bed this morning and give you And they're you a better defensive innings. team, too. And they are a better. Deal. 
Yeah, it is. Not always going to score five or six runs. You got to win the two, two to one, three to two games, and they can do that a little bit better. We talked about, and they do look a little bit more athletic going first to third. You'll occasionally see that they're trying to steal bases yeah. late in games with certain guys, which you don't really, normally. We've seen them try and safety squeeze, yeah. get a guy over, get a guy in. Little things that they can do with certain guys to put pressure on other defenses. And and it seems as if you know just from reading and listening to guys. You know, we talk about Josh Donaldson and the numbers aren't there offensively, but it really does appear as if he has, as if he he's really helped solidify that infield defense. He had seven assists yesterday, seven balls hit and uh, hit hit to him. So be interesting yeah. to see how he, he fares if he doesn't start hitting a little that's, bit more. That's he's a, a hitter first guy. Yes, he is. That's it's all a fine really to Danny to be the role guy when, you know, defense, I'm going to vacuum up everything over here and I'm not getting hits. You know J.D. as well as I do. Yeah, he's... He's only going to handle that for so long and then that, I don't want to say a cancer, but he's an alpha male. Alpha males handle failure a little differently than other people do and just right now everything's sort of falling into place, which, you know, they could run away with the American League East if the Blue Jays don't start to figure some things out and the Red Sox don't start to catch up and the Rays the get a little there. healthier. The potential's it, there, Kevin. It is at them running away with this it's, thing. And I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago, but, yeah, the potential really is there for with them the to With the Twins and the Angels away. better, that for me will eliminate one of the teams in the American League yep, to make the playoffs. And who's going to be the odd guy out? Will it be the Rays or will it be the Jays? For me, right now, the way it's looking in the American League, both ain't making it. It's going to be two instead of three teams. So that's what I said. The urgency, the <laughs> these next six games at home for the Blue Jays, there's going to that urgency has to be there. Whether it's managing, you do things outside the norm, put runners in motion. If you want to hit and run with the bat to ball skills, Alejandro Kirk guy, which he's not driving baseballs as much as we thought he would be. He's not driving in runs. Do little things that you normally don't do to yeah. put pressure on defenses. To maybe steal runs that way and and get the energy up. Tasker Hernandez mentioned that on, when he came back to to Hazel when he said you need the big hit to keep the energy up. Well, sometimes the manager can help that along. Yeah. Uh, the single A Dunedin, Dunedin Blue Jays had 24 strikeouts. I keep chuckling every time I think of this. 24 strikeouts in their game on Sunday against the Yankees single A affiliate. Uh, a single-A affiliate, by the way, in the Yankees' case that included three of their top uh, top 20 prospects. Um, it was a combined two-hitter uh, involving three Jays pitchers. Uh, the 24 strikeouts is a record. I'm sorry, the 24 strikeouts is the most at any minor league level since 2005. And I believe, as a matter of fact, I know that it was the Philadelphia Phillies Florida League affiliate that's did it the last time against the Tampa Yankees, Florida affiliate as well. Uh, the major league record is 20. So that was a pretty significant day for the single A Dunedin Blue Jays. Uh, it was a day that I know a lot of folks in the player development department of the Blue Jays were probably, probably woke up in the morning and were chuckling a little bit about it. Donnie Murphy is the manager of the Dunedin Blue Jays. Donnie Murphy joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
A reminder, you still have time to DM us for Barker's back leg bits at the end of the show. It's your opportunity to ask questions of Kevin Barker. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. DMs are open. Submit your questions. We've got a ton because it's Monday, but uh, we'll we'll get through a couple of them, and uh, we'll continue answering your questions. So keep sending them. We'll get around to them eventually, folks. Uh, I promise you that. 24 strikeouts for the single-A Dunedin Blue Jays on Saturday night in a one nothing win over the Yankees single-A affiliate. And I've got Kevin Barker beside me who's... Have you played in a team... I, I don't expect you to know, know the most strikeouts you've had in, in a team. But what would it... As, as someone who's played, what would it be like to be in a team is being just manhandled like that. It would stink. It'd make you mad. Yeah, it would make you want to go and try harder when the game's over to figure out what you were doing wrong, and so that would never happen again. I, again, I, that's it. Sometimes it takes a little slap in the face for you to go. Well, maybe when we run into to pitchers at the higher levels, that's got a little bit better stuff that control the fastball, that can throw some secondary pitches, and fastball counts for strikes. What can I do against that? And to fix it the quickly. leadoff hitter, the number two hitter, the cleanup hitter, all struck out four times. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> I, oh, I know. I've I bet there. you've been there. Oh, I've been there. Let's bring in Donnie Murphy. <clears throat> he is manager yeah. of the single-A Dunedin Blue Jays. Donnie, thanks for joining uh, Kevin and myself. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with 24 strikeouts. I, I know that's the most in, at any minor league level since 2005. Um, you know, I'm looking at, at the, you had a pitcher with eight strikeouts, a starter Santos had, had 10 strikeouts. And then, uh, you had a guy finished with six strikeouts. Just explain to me what it's like to manage, to manage that game. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't know about the other team. Um, no, it was honestly, I had no clue how many strikeouts we had. I knew that we were just, you know, I was. I knew that the the leadoff hitter, second hitter, and the fourth hitter we were talking about. We knew they all had four Ks going into the ninth inning. Uh, but then the pitching coach Drew Hayes told me that we had 21 going into the ninth, and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I knew that we struck out a lot of guys, um, and then obviously finished it with uh, three Ks in the ninth. But uh, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was just we just kept throwing the same stuff to every the same hitter over and over and they couldn't make adjustments so we didn't change our game plan they you know you have 24 k's but i thoroughly enjoyed watching that game <laughs> tell us about the three pitchers you ran out there oh frosto i mean he's coming off you know a surgery you know so it was his first game with us and you know the, the first batter he, he, he touches 100 um so just seeing that that arm come out of nowhere, I knew I heard good things about him, and and, and his arm was advertised uh, as, as everybody talked about. So guys throwing 99, 100, just throwing fastballs by everybody. And then um, Dion Santos, um, he's really come on lately. He uh, he's been throwing the ball really well. Um, he, his slider, um, it's it's big league slider. It's a big time swing and miss slider, and he and he has a lot of confidence, and he throws it a lot gets a lot of swing and misses with it and he had 10 k's in, in, in four innings and then uh scott he just came in he, he literally was just throwing fastballs and he has a really good fastball that has a lot of ride on it and he was just throwing fastballs right to the top of the zone by these guys uh, so it was fun donnie what what if you're 
Put yourself in the the manager spot on the other team who's punching out twenty four times. Is there is there a lesson that you can learn from that? Is a speech I can remember. I was in the minor leagues way too long, and and I can remember managers. You know, you'd have bad games. It's the higher level she went, they couldn't wait to get rid of it, erase it, never talk about it again. Lower levels, it was more of a conversation. Put yourself in those shoes. Would you have conversations? Is that a learning moment? What can you take from that? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a, that's a, honestly one of the we did talk about that after the game, like flipping, like if we're on the other side, like how would we have handled that? Um, and honestly, that's a really tough one. But I will say this: that if I was the other team, what they didn't do well that night with the twenty-four Ks, they didn't control the strike zone very well. Um, they expanded too much, and so for me personally, it would just be you know just talking to the guys about like, you know, owning the heart of the plate a little bit more and, uh, and, and not expand out of the zone and, and, and stick to your plan. Honestly, it seemed like they were just going out there and swinging. Um, and I mean, it's, we didn't really throw like all the pitches in the zone. Either. There was a lot, a lot of chases. Um, so just getting back to just swinging at strikes and then and relaxing in the boxes. They looked really antsy that night. Donnie, I know it's very individual uh, at that level that, you you know, it's to each his own. It's, sometimes it's about the strike zone. A lot of the times yeah. it depends on where you're at as a hitter. It's mechanical. It could be a bunch yeah. of things. Is, is there a group talk to where it's, you know, on an everyday basis, it's not so much mechanical. So every guy's got their thing they're working on, whatever that is. But is, is that a group talk about, let's think about what we can do, and that's controlling the strike zone. Is that the, is that the talk for you guys every single day at that level? Yeah, we definitely, it's a swing decision thing. Um, we, we pound it every day, every day in the hitters meeting. Matt Young, the hitting coach, talks about it, just uh, winning that battle. We want to win that battle every night against the other team. Um, and most of the time, the team that wins the swing decision battle ends up winning the game. And so that's our goal going on every day. You know, we know that the uh, that the Blue Jays minor league complex in Dunedin has, you know, we've heard about the pitching lab and all, all the things that uh, that the Jays have down there. Uh, how much, you know, how much time do the, do the single A guys spend doing a lot of that? I'm going to call it sort of the new new technological stuff do you, do you do you have to limit the amount of time because i would think for young guys who want to advance quickly they're probably looking at all these toys and going you know let me add it i mean if it's going to get me up if it's going to get me to the majors faster let me add it do you have to kind of perform a balancing act with them and kind of make them realize that yeah you still have to all that stuff is fine but you still have to go out and kind of beat a guy in a different colored uniform Right. Yeah, no, they, they, it, it's definitely cool, like, especially like in spring training, being able to get the guys in the labs. And um, one of the cool things we did was just create competitions within the guys. And, you know, we have these hit tracks that tell you, like, how hard you hit at their outs, you know, and just create, like, a little game. But um, since we're at the stadium now, we don't have that. Um, okay. So what we do um, at the stadium now is we have an pitch machine, and we can set that up exactly how the other pitchers' pitches are. And so we prep the win every day against the pitcher. And so all they do is get visuals on um, what, what spin looks like for the starter they're going to face that night and, like, maybe what a slider shape is. So, like, that's the one thing that we're preaching right now is just getting used to and, and who you're going to face that night and formulating the plan and trusting it going into the game. And a lot of guys are buying in on that now. Donnie, listen, it was really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Donnie. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, guys. Donnie Murphy is manager of Single A Dunedin Blue Jays. So there you go. That's you got a unbelievable. Yeah, that, I was I was looking at you when he when he talked man, about I'm that. Man, I'm jealous. Like, like if I if I can't imagine if I'd had that, what that would have done to my my career. Would it made it faster? 
Imagine being just, able to, to visualize the shape of the slider. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, like I just just having that much information. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad I thing. Think I think it's a I'm good sure thing for young guys because that's how maybe, they learn these things. Maybe, maybe it's it might be a little overwhelming too. You might have too much information. You know, you still got to there. The people don't like to hear the see ball, hit ball talk, but there's got to be a lot of that in baseball. Like you, you got to really simplify because if you go to the plate thinking about, well, I saw a break this way and then it's breaking this way in the game. Now what do I do? So you got to be specific. I think on the making sure that it's. <laughs> You know, lined up exactly the way you want it lined up to where it's matching up in the game. But it's pretty cool that they have enough technology that they can do kind of kind of those kind of things and give you that much information before the actual game starts. I mean, it's a, it's a, if if that's going on at the big league level, make you wonder why are they chasing that old slider down and away. Well, just saying. You know what the time is now. Time is. It? It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence, like, I got this one, you know. The umpires would throw the balls out, like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. Hey, Bark, why don't you just not worry about it? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, several folk, folks have DM'd us about the, uh, your, the donkey punching reference. Yeah, so. well, that's that's... Yeah, this it's an it's an old Virginia thing. It absolutely is not. That's a baseball thing. If that's what you're I know. you're trying to hit the baseball like a donkey kicks you, not that thing that people are anyhow unbelievable. Um, really, Jeff Jackson, Jeff Kevin, play GM for a minute. Oh boy, okay, this is right up your alley. Play GM for a minute. If you could wave a magic wand. What left-handed bat would you get in, not Jose Ramirez, from Jeff and Kingston? What type of left-handed bat are we, are we talking about here? Michael Brantley. You know what? I was, that was the profile I was thinking of. I don't know if it, Houston would probably, I don't know if they'd make that deal. No but chance. That, but that was the type of, that's exactly the type of hitter I was thinking of. A, a guy that Use preferably. Field, can hit good pitching. And can hit in the top to of your order. Don't have to day off against the lefty. Yep. Uh, is getting on base is going to give you professional at bat. Professional at bat's not always expanding and easier outs and, and early counts. Well, basically different from what you're getting now. So yeah, that's an easy one for me. I don't I don't want a guy that swings for the for the fences all the time. And and you know, I, I want that professional hitter, the guy that knows what he's doing when he walks to the plate and can execute it and knows how to shorten slumps. Knows himself so well that he knows that if he's getting his pitch consistently because he knows his mechanics so well that if his foot lands in the same spot all the time, I'm going to hit the ball and it's going to go where I want it to go a lot of the times. That's that's what you need here. And it would take, I don't want to say pressure. It's a bad word to say. It's an easy word. That's, you know, people say that that don't do their homework. It's more of a a learning experience. You see that guy doing it? Wow, well, I want to do that. How do I do it? that thing yeah i i think you're absolutely right that's the type of uh the type of hitter the type of hitter we're talking about because i know several people have pointed out that you know where would you where would you play that person because third base is set shortstop okay set. let's be honest if he plays left field right now lord is that lord would be, is good he could uh, yep. have to earn his playing time a little bit more it's about winning 
Like, uh, you know, what? The, I haven't looked up Lourdes, but the last time I saw a day or so ago, he's two for his last 25. He hasn't gotten a hit in the last couple of days. I know he had a hit to one hit the other night. But consistently, the good at bats are just not there. So you got to earn it. It's about winning. Like, it's there's only certain guys on this team who have, no matter how they're doing, jobs. And there's everybody else. That's fair. And for me, Lourdes is in that. That's fair. If I have a lefty that comes here who's a better hitter than Lourdes and who's hotter, Lourdes is going to have to earn his way. Sorry. I'm sure if you presented... Charlie Montoya and his staff with a Michael Brantley type of player, they would find a way to get him. DH, you can play left. You can play a lot of places. Yeah, it's uh, and and look, listen, I I absolutely we differ in this a little bit. I tend to think that that's more important when you get to the playoffs. Uh, I tend to think matchups are more important then, but. Yeah, at the same time, Blue Jays don't have a lot of, that they can match up with anybody else. At, at like, the same uh, time, it's obvious when 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 you're getting out one way, um, when teams are getting you out one way, it's obvious that you need to you need to rejig the uh, the profile, your team's profile a little bit right now. I mean, that's I mean, really, the only, the way I the only bat to ball skill guy they got is Alejandro Kirk, and and th- does he just? Does a manager start biting his nails when Kirk walks to the plate? No. So you need more of a of a guy that can go line to line, that a guy in the eighth inning can match up against that really tough, no matter which arm he throws with, can match up against that other guy and give you that at bat that you need. And that's how you pass the baton. It's not hitting homers. And for me anyway, con- hitting's not contagious. Good approaches are contagious. Speaking of Alejandro Kirk, Brad Sovain, Thanks for the kind words, Brad. Uh, Brad Sove asks, wondering if you and Barker could talk about how much more rope Kirk gets. He's looked pretty average for most of the year and last. I'd rather see the next 200 at-bats go to someone else through call-up or trade. That's fair. Yeah, it, it's one of the things we talked about with Danny Jansen being out of the lineup for a prolonged period of time is we would get a read on Alejandro Kirk, finally. Uh, we were going to get a... Basically, a month of Alejandro Kirk as your de facto number one catcher. Mm-hmm. What we saw, I think, Kevin, what I saw, much better defensively than I thought. I will say much better because I think he was much better in terms of pitch framing. And I know that the numbers were last year were fine, but I expected to see a deterioration in that area because of workload and everything. I didn't see it. Better behind the plate than I thought. Um, Pitchers certainly didn't seem to be adverse. I mean, they put up some good numbers with him behind the plate, just as Robbie Ray won a Cy Young with him behind the plate last year. Certain pitchers. Certain pitchers did. Offensively, for him to take a step forward this year, I need to see – everybody talks about his bat-to-ball skills. Great, but I need to see those manifested in doubles. Or, five ribbies. Exactly. And, five ribbies. And, I- it, and it took him a and, – and most – the thing that scared me, Kevin, is that it took him a month to get an extra base. I hit. wonder if his. I wonder for me anyway, from what I've seen, if his swing plays a little bit better at the minor league level because of the parks. You get bigger ballparks, you get better pitching. You get guy, you get pitching that can pitch to a guy's weakness, his bat path, his bat to ball skills. You can be a little tardy in Buffalo and still be rewarded for that. It's tardy here, he's out. Yeah, and and I will That's, say this. 
also based on what we've seen from Danny J- Danny Jansen towards the end of last year, if Danny Jansen, if this is kind of the offense we're going to see from Danny Jansen, burn. if that's what he's going to give me, then there's you know, no question Danny's the guy. No, Kirk's not. Kirk, that, no. that's not an option for me. No, Danny Jansen's healthy. He's I think playing. I'll, I'll tell you what. If 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 anything, this has shown me that um, I'm willing to put Kirk in a trade. For, I mean, for, let's let's be honest, let's be honest. They were willing to do that in spring training, right? But this let's is ju- this is just solidified that's not, it. That's not like, this this has solidified it to me. This has solidified it to me. If they if they could have got that guy from Cleveland, Kirk would have been catching for Cleveland. Yeah. This, this this has absolutely solidified solidified that for me. And and that's I mean, it's not a bad thing to know what you have. I mean, he's hitting two fifty with a homer and five ribbies. I, is that just scream you gotta have him in your lineup every single day? Not for me, especially when your other guys are not performing. This is my point. Like it's the elevated fastball with velocity gives him a little bit of an issue. Now I know there was a lot on his plate early. Yep. He probably wasn't expecting trying to play every single day. His body Look, quite frankly, I expected a little bit more when I saw him in spring training with his body. Like it's, you it's, were, yes, you yeah, mentioned it's that. Like, you well, mention the first that. time I saw him, I walked by him, and I really didn't know who he was. Somebody had to tell me because I was like, "Holy moly!" Like, and not "Holy moly" in a good way. Yeah, that's a you want to be at the, you want to be a big league everyday catcher. You want to perform on both sides of the ball. You take care of yourself a little bit better. And maybe he got slapped in the face, and now he knows that a little bit more. And these dudes up here are good, Jeff. They find a weakness. <laughs> ask, ask every righty in the Jays lineup. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good up here. Well, I mean, as I said, I think that we've we we've kind of found out we've kind of found out some things about uh, about Alejandro Kirk, and it's not it's not uh, it's not it's not horrible, as I said, to figure out what you actually have very quickly. I like this question. Kareem Nathu from Ottawa. What does the conversation between a big leaguer and a hitting coach look like after what we saw yesterday? Do they actually tell the player what they saw or is it left unsaid because everyone that can see knows what's going on? I've, I've wondered about that. Obvious names, they're not going to walk up to a George Springer and tell him what they're seeing. He's going to have to go ask and say, what are you seeing? That's going to be the starter. Guillermo Martinez, because of who Guillermo Martinez is and how long he's been a hitting coach, is not going to walk up to a George Springer and do that. It's just not going to happen. Lesser guys who've been at the big leagues, Kirk, example. We just talked about that. He can walk up to him and go, hey, get it started a little sooner. The stride separation thing you got, you got to get off your backside. You got to have a little bit more flatter bat path. You got to get that thing driving down a little bit sooner. Let's try and work on that in the cage. Uh, Danny Jansen, I'm assuming they found their little sweet spot when it comes to routines off the field. They know that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could name guys. Uh, Santiago Espal is another guy. You could walk up to him and say those things. Uh, the 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 role players, the, all those guys, but the established guys, Bo Bichette, uh, I'm sure Bo Bichette has his guy. I have no idea who that guy is. Three of them. Yeah. Three's too many for me. I'm not going all three. When I'm struggling, I don't want three three different talks. I want one guy that I can trust that I know that's watching me and knows when it's going back to try and get me back on the tracks. I'm going to go to that guy. I ain't going all three. I don't want to know. I don't want to play no game. I'm struggling. Ain't no games. Tell me how I can get my foot down, get it out in front, barrel it up where I'm not chasing all the time. Tell me that. If I got one guy I can go to that's going to tell me that and I got trust in, because when you're struggling, it's trust. I'm looking at one guy. I'll take a bad swing. You see Vladdy. Vladdy 
takes a pitch that he thinks a ball that's called strike. Who's he looking at? It ain't the whole lineup. It ain't the whole bench. It's one certain person. I have no idea who that person is. Could be Charlie. Could be Guillermo Martinez. Could be Teoscar Hernandez. It's somebody he's specifically turning around looking at. It's not the entire bench. Every player has that guy that you want to go to when it's hit the fan. And Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I just, uh, it, it's, you know, it is kind of one of the mysteries, those of us who haven't played the game, just what exactly the relationship is between, between coach and player and when do you approach a guy and when don't you approach a guy and what do you say when you do? Got to be salesman, heart salesman. Sometimes you got to tell sure. the truth, though. It's a little easier just to come right out and say it. You stink. Stop chasing. Let's fix it. Uh, that's it for Blair and Barker today. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, 360, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Tonight after the Jays game, we'll be on Jays Talk. Have a great day.